Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. And all the time, give him one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Now, this may conflict a little bit with what I'm going to be preaching on today. Uh, But I want to start out by showing you all something that is scary. And I'm not talking about Ronnie's face. Well... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> but pastor is getting up to preach and brother, and look straight back there on that screen. There's no clock there. Hallelujah. Uh, our clock is one of them atomic clocks and you don't even have a place to change it by hand. And uh, every time the time changes, we normally have to take it down and put it in front of a window somewhere for to pick up the radio waves. So it hadn't changed, so we took it down, and that's where that's at. So I don't have no clock, Brother Paul. Just uh... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're glad to have our St. Louis congregation here with us this morning. Hallelujah. We... <laughs> We're going to go to the book of Luke, uh, the first chapter, and we're going to read uh, verses 67 through 75. Hallelujah. And we won't try to hold you too long. Ronnie said there is a outreach meeting. And also I found out last night that uh, there's going to be a special prayer meeting um, at White's Creek High School at 4 o'clock praying for students and their families affected by the tornado. So I am going to definitely try to get over there to that. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 67 through 75. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our Father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. I want to focus on that, that we may serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him. All the days of our life, let us pray. Father, we come today, we thank you, praise you for the service we've had so far. We thank you for those that are here, praying for those that cannot be here today during because of many different circumstances, God. 
Anoint me, God, to deliver this word as you put upon my heart. And where everything's accomplished, we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Let the church say, God bless you, can be seated. I want to talk to you today on a subject titled, Satan's Strategy of Fear. Satan's Strategy of Fear. <coughs> There's a lot of things happening in our world today. And ever from storms, and now we've got this new uh, virus that's going rapidly, it seems to be, all over the United States. And the Lord spoke in my spirit several days ago, and the devil is using these things to accomplish some of his purpose. And I want to encourage everybody, especially in speaking as being a pastor and a shepherd over the people, uh, God's people should never walk in fear over anything. Did you, did you hear what I said? Anytime that you let fear grip on you and that you, something comes in your mind and you worry about it, right, first off, you're out of the will of God. Amen. Because, because everything that we have that is about fear is not about faith. And the Bible said without faith, it's impossible to do what? So that tells me, and you, and it, it should speak to every one of us, that any time we have fear, we're not pleasing God. Uh, fear is man's greatest adversary. It's one of our greatest adversaries. Now, uh, I'm going to give you an old legend and read it to you, and I want you to listen close. And this... This legend come out of a time many years ago uh, when cholera uh, was gripping several uh, countries around the world. And according to this legend, a man driving one day headed towards the city of Constantinople was stopped by an old woman who asked him for a ride. He took her up beside him in his carriage, and they drove along. He turned over and took a look at her, and when he looked at her, he became frightened and asked, Who are you? And the old woman replied, I'm cholera. Thereupon, <coughs> the peasant man ordered the woman to get down out of his carriage and to walk. But she persuaded him to take her along and said, I promise that I will not kill no more than five people in Constantinople. And as that pledge, the promise she handed him a dagger, saying to him that it was only a weapon which could she could be killed by. Then she added, I shall meet you in two days, and if I break my promise... You can take this dagger and stab me. 
In Constantinople, 120 people died of cholera. The enraged man who had taken her into the city began to look for the woman with the dagger in his hand because he was going uh, to kill her. And meeting her, he raised his hand with a dagger and was going to kill her. But she stopped him and said, I kept my agreement. I killed only five, but fear killed all the others. Fear killed all the others. I don't care what kind of tragedy it is. Panic always does more destruction than anything. When you're in a big crowd and there's a, there, a mob that comes into a stampede, amen, and people are trampled to death, amen. I don't care what prof- a profession you talk to, amen. Now, you talk to a farmer about people who perish in a farm, that more people die because they panic than anything else. And I am fully persuaded, and I'm not minimizing this in the least because all of us here probably have been touched uh, some kind of with somebody in our family with cancer. But I'm here to tell you, even the specialists will tell you, amen, that when panic and fear comes over someone, when they hear the C word, it will do more harm than anything. Hallelujah. And... I feel in mood in the Spirit of God, amen, with what is going on and then with this virus and everything. Do not let the devil place some kind of fear in your life and on your mind. Are you a child of God or aren't you a child of God? Come on, give God some praise. The legend I just read to you is just a parable. Where diseases kill thousands, fear kills ten thousands. The greatest uh, miseries of mankind come from the dread of trouble rather than from the presence of trouble. Hallelujah. From the cradle to the grave, fear casts its hateful shadow. Fear destroys man's spirit. When somebody gives up, you can be sure they're going to wind up and die. Hallelujah. When you, well, and, I, and I know I've seen people that God has touched with some kind of terminal illness. Amen. But they would not receive what God wanted to give them. Hallelujah. I'm telling you the truth. In 1933... Now, I can tell you that was, that's a little bit before my time. But in 1933, a speech was given by a president during the darkest days of the Depression that is still remembered today. President Franklin D. Roosevelt, in his speech across the country, said, the only thing that we have to fear is fear itself. Hallelujah. Fear is a tool of the devil. And fear 
will destroy you. Fear will take you out. Now, I want to talk, and I'm going to try to go through this quickly as I can, but I want to talk about three things about, about fear. Number one, fear is a bondage. If you got fear today, you're in bondage. And you need to seek deliverance. You need to allow God to break the chains of fear because if you got fear over anything, you're, let me, and, and let me tell you something about this, this coronavirus. Yes, it is going around, but they've already tried to tell people it's nowhere near as deadly as a regular flu. We've had well close to 8,000 people this year die of just the regular flu in America. Hallelujah. But there's an agenda behind this thing. There's an agenda behind it. And I believe behind that agenda is the devil himself. (coughs) Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. What did I say? Fear is a bondage. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption whom we cry out Abba Father. And let me reiterate to you that that word Abba Father means daddy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that darling says so much. I've got a daddy. Hallelujah. You know, when we're uh, where we're at, amen, and living, amen, in that module home that we got, yeah, they tell people, well, go to your safety place. Well, we don't have no safety place. No, and if something like that comes in the middle of the night, it'd be dangerous to get in a car and try to drive because you wouldn't know where it was going or where it's coming to. Hallelujah. I want you to know my safety place. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run in and is safe. I fully believe that the devil can't take me out until God gets through with me. Hallelujah. And if, if God gets through to me, with me and say, what I've called you to do has come to completion, I don't have no desire to be here anyway. Hallelujah. I have too much trouble down here. It's all as older I get them, the worse this old body gives me trouble. I'm ready for my glorified body. I'm ready to be with the Lord. So fear is a, uh, it's a spirit of bondage. Bondage will deprive you from freedom. I read a story one time about a tornado such as recently come through here. The woman was home. Afraid by herself, <coughs> she gets up, goes to her next door neighbor's house to stay over there. And guess what? The tornado skipped over her house and hit her neighbor's home, and everybody in the house died. Folks, if it's got your name and number on it, it can't be stopped. But if it ain't your time to go, why are you fearing? Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, all we've got to do, amen, is to be sensible, which sometimes human beings don't have. I mean, we don't do the things we should do to take care of ourselves. 
It's been several months we put up on the wall back there that hand sanitizer. And it, it, we haven't had to refill it yet because people just simply don't use it. I thought, man, everybody will, will, will be gladly to see that when they're coming in. Amen. Because you're going to be shaking hands with people and then when you're going out. But <coughs> we haven't replaced it yet because we don't do simple, simple things that we should do to keep ourselves safe. I care busloads of kids all the time. And especially with children. I can hear all kind of sneezing and coughing and all that stuff going. And I'll go by and I'll look up in that mirror. And they'll be wiping their nose, wiping the glass, wiping the seats. Well... I'm sorry to say a lot of dust is not much better. Hallelujah. We don't want to take protective measures like we should do that will help God protect us. Hallelujah. Bondage will deprive you of freedom. You become a slave to whatever thing, situation, or person that fear has you chained with. I'm going to give you a word right now. And you, you may, you may, uh, follow this or you may, may not, but I'm persuaded by it. Job, after he lost everything that he had, and everything was taken away, people and big theologians would get up and say, well, the devil did that, and the devil allowed, uh, told God to, um, take down that hedge around Job, and so God took it down. I, the Bible don't say that God took the hedge down, and I don't believe it was God that took the hedge down. I believe the hedge of protection around Job was taken down of his own accord. And the reason why I say that, if you look up Job 3 and 25, Job said the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Even use that adjective, greatly, the thing that I greatly feared. That let me know, Brother Jeff, that all those years before, before Job ever was afflicted, he had a fear in his life that something like that would happen. I, I know people... The word and word and worry, half a life, they're going to get sick of them. Sure enough, they do it. There's a lot of things you need to quit blaming the devil on. Hallelujah. Because a lot of stuff we bring on our own self. God has plainly told us in His Word, church, we don't need to fear nothing. Hallelujah. Um, when fear holds you in bondage, it will cause you to not hear what God is trying to speak to you. Some people would hear this message today, and because the devil's got them bound with some kind of fear, they won't, they won't listen to the message. They won't hear the word. But Exodus chapter 6 and verse 9, Moses spoke to the children of Israel, but the Bible said, and they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. If you're in fear, you're in bondage. And the bondage will keep you from hearing 
what God is. See, Moses was trying to bring deliverance to them. But because of the fear and the bondage they was in, they wasn't listening. They wouldn't listen. Let me move on. Fear is not just a bondage. Fear is a spirit. And I fully believe that there is a spirit behind this coronavirus that's going around. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So folks, if you have got fear in your life, it ain't come from God. It hadn't come from God. Hallelujah. There is the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is worry and anxiety. It will lead to everything from panic attacks to depression. Amen. It will lead from everything from having panic attacks to depression. Philippians 4th chapter says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make your requests made known to God. Then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Be anxious for nothing. Look that up in another translation and say, Don't worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Hello, somebody. I am trying to help you today because let me tell you something. What we're experiencing right now is just the beginning. I believe everything in the book of Revelation is going to come to fulfillment. Do you know that just here recently, a lot of people have been keeping their minds on everything else that's going on. But do you know that just here recently, we have had several very close encounters with asteroids coming very close to this planet. It's not happened once. It's not happened twice. It's happened several times. And John on the Isle of Patmos, he saw something to him looked like a giant burning mountain coming down and striking the earth. I believe that's a prophecy of an asteroid or a huge meteorite that one day in the future is going to come down and hit this country. Maybe not this country, but somewhere on the planet. What we're seeing right now, folks, is just the beginning of the unfolding, amen, of what's going to happen to this earth. I don't know about you, but I want to live my life where I can be ready to hear his voice when he calls somebody out. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to be left behind. I want to be ready to go. And I hope everybody has that. One other thing. Fear is torment. People who's got fear in their life don't have peace in their life. Their life is filled with torment. First John chapter 4 and verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Wow. What did I tell you a while ago? If you've got fear, 
It's not of God. You're being tormented by the enemy, trying to get into your mind and to your thoughts. Come on. And we've got to, we've got to live above that if we want to escape and get through to what God wants us to do. Now, I don't, I don't think he's got all the scriptures because I added some scriptures before I, after I gave him my outline. But in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 38, he says, talked about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Or you could say all that are being tormented by the devil. That's where it comes from, folks. If you got a fear of anything, the devil is using that to torment you, to keep you from any peace, any happiness, and any joy of God. Hallelujah. What I can't remember some if some, if you remember you can you can speak it up. Hallelujah. But but the word of God, one one writer in the word of God said, Listen, I I trust in the Lord, he said. He said, I do not fear what man can do to me. Hallelujah. I mean, here's here's the truth. Here's the truth. People today are running everywhere trying to provide themselves with self-protection. Hallelujah. I don't trust my self-protection. Hallelujah. Somebody comes in this church right now, amen, and, and, and begin, begins to fire. Uh, let me tell you something. I, I'm, I'm not going to be trusting nobody else. I'm going to be trusting God. I'm going to be trusting God. He's where my protection is. One final scripture, Luke chapter 6, verse 17 and 8, and I'm going to close. He came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the coast, sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him, and he healed their diseases as well as those that were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Church, I felt felt in my heart a great need today. This world and this planet is being ate up with fear. And Brother Baba, we know what Jesus said about in the last days. He said that, men's hearts would fail them because of fear. People would be having heart attacks because of fear. Hallelujah. As I said a few minutes ago, we haven't seen nothing yet. When things are fixing to be unleashed on this planet that we have never seen before. But if you're in Jesus and Jesus is in you, you're his child, and you've got nothing to fear. Can somebody say amen? Let's all stand together.